So the first reading is from Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 16, and is in the Church Bibles on page 1172. Galatians 6, 1 to 16. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfil the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else for each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. This is the word of the Lord. A gospel reading can be found in Luke chapter 10. If you've got a church Bible, it's page 1041. Luke 10, verses 1 to 11 and then 16 to 20. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. <clears throat> when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If so, someone who promotes peace is there your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking 
whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. <clears throat> when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal those who are ill and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. And now we go down to verse 16. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the gospel of Christ. Can you, oh, right. <laughs> yes. So, yes, yeah, so thank you so much um, for the prayers. So um, the funeral went really well. My dad would have been really honored um, that he had a befitting funeral. So we bless God. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray that I decrease and you increase in me. May every word of my mouth and the meditations in my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my God and Redeemer. Amen. Are we able to, to get it? PowerPoint. Yes, no? No. Okay, don't worry. Okay. In the reading, um, twice, in the preceding chapter, chapter 9, Jesus speaks of his death twice. In that chapter, we see his glory in the transfiguration. We see miracles of healing, his provision, and defeating the 5,000. But towards the end of chapter 9, Luke records Jesus' interact interaction with potential followers but excuses, however, prevented them from being followers of Jesus. For all that took place in chapter 9, Luke begins chapter 10 with these words, After this. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others, or 72 in the NIV translation and, and some others. Unperturbed. Jesus was focused 
on what needs to be done because mission is the priority of God. Many commentators have looked into whether it was 70 or 72. If 70, is it Luke's intention to connect Jesus to Moses and the appointment of the 70 elders in Numbers 11 or 72 with the two elders that remained in the camp? Is it 70 to connect Jesus to Jacob who went into Egypt with 70 members of his family in Genesis 46? But for today, irrespective of whether it was 70 or 72, we're looking to the selection of the 70 or 72 and we're looking at their willingness to be sent out by Jesus and the mandate of the vision, of the mission that he gave to them. What do we see from this passage? Is that Jesus will not send his followers, his disciples, or indeed us, where he himself does not intend to go. Earlier in chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, Jesus had sent out the 12 disciples on a mission with a similar mandate to the 70. Show the next slide, please. Here, the 70 were told to go and cure the sick, proclaim the kingdom of God because it is near, and to be bearers of peace. And why this repeated mandate? It's because the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Can you show the next one after that? The next one after that? The harvest. The, yes. The harvest is plentiful, and the laborers are few. There's a lot of work to be done. The harvest of souls people that are yet to know about the love of Jesus and the kingdom of God. And what is the harvest for us today? There are 7.95 billion people in the world. There are currently 2.5 billion Christians. Locally, based on the census of 2021, the population in England is 56 million. And as the world population keeps growing, the need for more laborers becomes ever more urgent. There are 7,000 languages in the world. The Bible has been translated in full in just 704 languages as of 2020. The New Testament is 1,551 languages and parts of the Bible is 1,160 languages. More laborers are needed. Last week, we heard about the wonderful work of the Bible Society, actively distributing and translating the Bible in 200 languages and sign language as well. We give thanks to that. We give thanks to God for that. But the harvest is still plentiful. We need more laborers. Is it likely that the appointed 70 were excited about being appointed by Jesus, by Jesus, but they soon got discouraged 
when Jesus said, laborers are few. Like, oh gosh, we're going out there, but you're telling us already that you need more people. To counter the discouragement, Jesus said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers into the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. The harvest belongs to God and it's to him that we ask for more laborers. So what do we do? We pray. Let us not get discouraged by those figures I've given to us. When we pray to God, he will send out more laborers. It's his harvest. And he will do the equipping and he will do the sending. So let's not get discouraged. I was thinking about Midgate Church. It has been blessed with the number of laborers that you have sent out over the years. Even up to last week, Ross was licensed. We give thanks to God. But the need and need for more laborers, we don't stop there. Yesterday, I attended the deacon ordination of friends in London, and 51 ordinance were deaconed, 51 men and women. Many laborers are being sent, but we don't stop there. When we look at the figures of the population and the figures of the Christians, we've got so much work to do, but we pray. We continue to pray. There's work for each of us to do. Each one of us that's right here, there's work for each of us to do. We cannot leave the soul of anyone that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ to chance. I wonder if we can see or hear Jesus say to us, go, go. Not all of us will be sent to another country. Not all of us will be sent to another city. Not all of us will be sent to full-time ministry. And that's fine. But all of us are called to pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. All of us are called to be bearers of peace, to speak the peace of people in our community, in our own world's fair, to let them know the love of Jesus, to let them know about salvation, to let them know about his kingdom. All of us have that in us to give. So we go because Christ will be with us. He's not going to send us where he himself does not intend to go. And because we have the Holy Spirit with us now, he's not going to send us where he himself is not going to go with us. So we're not going alone. Our actions of love, of kindness, declaring peace and his kingdom of mercy, forgiveness, and the invitation of life with Jesus, this is what each one of us is called to do. We don't know who those 70 were. We don't have names. But it's probably likely that they were just ordinary, just like the 12, ordinary men. I'm sure looking at those 70, there was nothing special about them. But what did they have that was special? They had the exceptional and the special word of Jesus, and they carried that in the power of Christ. So we can look at ourselves and think, 
oh, I'm too old, I don't have the education, I don't have what it takes. The disciples didn't have any of that. What they had was the word of Jesus that he had spoken, and that was good enough to go. What they had was his love. What they had was a receipt of the urgency. I'm about to go to die. So I'm sending you guys out there to prepare the way. Prepare people's hearts for me. Thy kingdom is near. Each one of us have that. So let none of us look and think, I don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to give. Let us remember who spoke to us. They spoke of God's love. They spoke that you are forgiven. They spoke of his grace and his mercy. They spoke about those things to make you realize that I need to know this Jesus. And it's about a relationship. When he sent those 70 or 72 out, he said, go in their homes. Sit in one particular home. Don't be going from place to place. And it's the same for us. Let's build relationships. Let's speak to them about the hope that we have in Jesus because the harvest is plenty and the laborers are few. And each one of us can be that laborer. We can go in the power of the Spirit to speak love. How difficult it is to tell somebody that Jesus loves you. How difficult it is to tell somebody that you are forgiven by Jesus. How difficult it is to say peace to you. Peace to you. What peace are you talking about? The peace of Jesus. Not that temporary peace that you've got from the drugs you're taking. Not that temporary peace that you've got from the alcohol. Not that temporary peace that you've got from going around from man to man, woman to, you know, going all over the place. Not that peace that's temporal, but the peace that Jesus gives. That's why he says, go and say peace to you. Because it is his peace that he gives. Not the peace of this world but the peace of Jesus Christ. And he's given each one of us that mandate to go speak my peace to the people because the world, they're dying, they're crying, they're confused, they're in darkness. And we have the answer, each one of us, every single person that is hearing my voice has got the answer. We've got it. So let's not have any excuses that I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not educated. I can't speak well. They won't understand me. I don't look right. Those 70 didn't look right. But they had the Spirit of God. And they had the word of Jesus Christ that said, go. And that's all that's needed. Go. If you do feel inadequate, it's fine. Because Jesus Christ says, I'm sending you out like lambs in the midst of of wolves. The Christian mission is a dangerous one. It is scary. Speaking to people about Jesus is scary. Even your own family, it is scary. It is one that where there's no luxuries. It is one that requires our full focus. But because he is with us, we can't do it. We can't speak those words of peace. In my return trip from Nigeria in May, when I went the earlier time, I got talking to a fellow passenger on the plane that sat beside me and found out that she was a missionary residing in Chad, where she was translating the Bible. She told me about the danger, the challenges that the team faced 
But like the 70, and like the 70, she said she was filled with joy. She too proclaimed the joy she had in serving Jesus there. Our mission, as it was then, is to go. Heal the sick. And this is not limited to medical ailments, but includes social, relational sickness, for the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is not a future hope, but a present reality of Jesus in our day. He is here. The kingdom of God is here. And he is here because we are here. That's how close he is. We are Christ's representatives. All that we are doing and saying is about Jesus. We are his messengers. Acceptance of our words is the acceptance of Jesus. And any rejection we face is the rejection of Jesus, and as he said, and the one who sent me. So it's not about us, really. So when they ignore us, when they say, I don't want to listen to you, let's not take it personal. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. So I, don't, I shouldn't take it personal. But I know the human pride wants to get in the way. Oh, they don't want to listen to me. Oh, God, maybe I didn't say it right. You know, it's not about me. It's not about any of us. When they accept, we say, praise the Lord Jesus, they have accepted you. When they reject, they rejected Jesus. And he said, just wipe your feet, dust it off, and move on. Move on to the next person, because the harvest is plentiful. Let's not waste time. If they don't want to hear, it's fine. Maybe somebody else will come after you and speak to them. Maybe I'm not the one, but I can sow the seed that was mentioned earlier because somebody else will come after me, maybe in years to come. So I don't take it personal. I don't stop talking about Jesus because a few people rejected what I had to say. Therefore, I think it's about me. And therefore, I think, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to speak again. It's not about me. It has never been about me. And it will never be about me. It's about Jesus. And once we understand that and not take things personal when people don't want to listen to us, once we understand that, then we can speak. We can tell people those words of peace. The 70, they came back. We don't know how long they were out there for, but they came back full of joy because of the mighty act seen through the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. When those disciples were out there, those 70 were out there, speaking and doing things in the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And it wasn't about a future one, neither was it about the past one. It was about the fact that when those disciples were praying and healing in the name of Jesus, things were happening in the realm of the Spirit. Every time we pray... Every time we speak that name of Jesus, we don't see it, but things are happening in the realm of the Spirit. So we keep talking about that powerful name of Jesus. Even when I don't see it, you are working. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. And we need to understand that. Other people, the demons know the power of Jesus. They know the power of his name. They know it, and they tremble at his name. So we need to speak that name. 
Because Jesus Christ said, when, you spoke, when, you, when, I, when they came back and they said, Father, Jesus, in your name. And he said, I saw Satan fall like flash lightning because of the power of that name. So let us speak that name. Let us speak that name with boldness and with courage. Let us keep going in the joy of the Spirit because of the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter if people use the name of Jesus as a swear word. You know, sometimes it annoys me in films. Oh, he's always just mentioning his name all the time. It's so annoying, you know. But when I use the name of Jesus, when you use the name of Jesus, there is power. So let's not get overly upset. We can pray the power of the name of Jesus that they will stop using that name like that. Let us pray. Let us keep praying to the Lord of the harvest for laborers. Pat said it already, but I put here, tomorrow is prayer meeting across all three churches in the benefice. Can we have more gathered together? Can we have more people come together and pray? Lift up our voice together to the Lord of the harvest and ask him to send us more laborers. Can we ask him to send more laborers in the political world? Can we ask him to send more laborers to our schools, to dedication schools? Can we ask him to send more, more laborers to the judiciary? Can we ask him to send more laborers to the sports world, to the entertainment world, to the fashion world? Can we ask him to send more laborers in every area of our lives, in all that's happening? Can we ask him to send more laborers? There are places that each one, I can't go to those places because I don't have access to. But maybe you do. Maybe our children do. Maybe they're the ones that are going to go into the sports world, into the entertainment, into the fashion world. Maybe they're the ones that are going to go into the science world. Maybe it's going to be them. Can't we ask God for those laborers? Because we're 7 billion people and it's growing, and 2 billion. Can we ask him to send them? And maybe it's one of you. Maybe, in fact, it's all of us. Let us be assured of this truth. Christ is with us wherever he sends us to go. He's with us. I'm going to close with the words of the lyrics of a song, Lord of the Harvest. Lord of the Harvest, let your voice be heard in every nation. In the farthest comes of the world, shatter the darkness. Let your truth be known. Gather the nations to bow at your throne, Lord of the harvest. The fields are ripe for the harvest, but the laborers are few. Father, send your workers, those with hearts for you, out into the vineyard weeping as they go. Help them reap a mighty harvest of souls. Some of us will water. Others will plant the seed. Some of us will battle in the heavenlies. None of us take the glory. For those who find the truth, Jesus, their praises are waiting for you. 
Lord of the harvest. Amen.